In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Our gospel this morning records one of the seven of the I Ams proclaimed by Jesus himself as he taught the multitudes throughout the gospel of John. From chapter 6, I am the bread of life. From chapters 8 and 9, I am the light of the world. From earlier in chapter 10, I am the gate. From chapter 11, I'm the resurrection and the life. From 14, I am the way, the truth, and the light. From chapter 15, I am the true vine. And in our passage this morning, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Jesus was truly all of those. But to understand what it means to be a good shepherd, one needs to understand the desert environment in Israel and its surroundings in order to appreciate the dangers of the desert and the skills of a shepherd. The desert can be found along the eastern fringe of every major city in the central mountains of Israel, from Hebron to Shechem. From Jerusalem, one must only climb over the Mount of Olives, a mere 45-minute walk to be hiking on the fringe of the desert where Jesus was tested after his baptism. The desert stretches from there for thousands of miles across the Jordan into the eastern plateaus of Syria, on through Iraq, Iran, and eastern Afghanistan. Villagers living along the fringe of this desolate area graze their sheep from October to March with a rare rain shower providing temporary and isolated pastures for sheep. But during the bulk of the year, the desert is inhospitable to life. Water is scarce, food is rare, temperatures can be severe, both very hot and very cold, and dangers are everywhere with steep eroded cliffs, predators, poisonous snakes, reptiles, harmful vegetation, and Arab criminals that make their living stealing sheep for food, clothing, and profit. The desert is a desperate place. One cannot downplay the life-threatening danger of this environment. To lead a flock through a desolate region with lack of water, difficult geography, bandits and hungry animals is still serious business even today. The parable of the lost sheep in Mark 15 gives a glimpse of how serious the life of the flock is weighed. The popular Psalm 23 is an excellent example of what it means to be a competent shepherd in this environment, finding green pastures, quiet waters, and safety from danger. Shepherds had to carry several offensive and defensive weapons, knives, slings and stones, a rod used for protection, and a staff used to roll sheep over when they had fallen and as a club to fend off hungry predators. When the flock was threatened, a good shepherd would, would never throw a lamb to the attacking animal to save the flock, but would stand his ground, find protection, or fashion a crude sheep pen and stand between the flock and the danger, staying up all night if need be to protect his sheep from harm's way. If fortunate enough to find a cave, he would sleep across the opening to keep the sheep in and the predators out. It's no wonder that the image of the shepherd was so frequently on the lips of our Savior. 
It is no surprise he used that illustration so often. For the image of a shepherd and the sheep was very much a part of Jesus' heritage and culture. Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, was the keeper of great flocks of sheep. Moses was called by God to be God's deliverer of the ancient Jewish people while living as a shepherd and tending the flocks of his father-in-law. And David, the greatest king of the Jewish nation, was a shepherd boy called from the fields when God selected him for service. When the Old Testament prophet Isaiah spoke of the coming of the Messiah, he portrayed the Savior with the same imagery when he said, quote, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather his lambs into his arms, unquote. This picture of God as a shepherd who cares for his flock comes even more clearly into focus in the New Testament. Jesus once told a story about a shepherd who had 100 sheep, but one of them went astray. In our way of thinking, a 99% return on your investment would be fine, most desirable, in fact, but not for the good shepherd. In Jesus' teaching, the shepherd leaves the 99 to go in search of that one lost sheep. When Jesus was speaking to the crowds who flocked to him, the gospel writer Mark tells us that Jesus had compassion upon them because they were, quote, as sheep without a shepherd. Throughout the scriptures, this image of the shepherd and the sheep is abundant. In our reading for today, the same picture is held up in front of us. Jesus again taps into this imagery when he refers to himself as the good shepherd. But Jesus does not stop there, but paints the difference between a hired shepherd and a good shepherd. The hired shepherd is there on a temporary basis and to receive some monetary gain. He is not invested in the sheep and likely does not have a relationship with the sheep except for his own self-interest. The one hired cares about himself, not the sheep. While the good shepherd cares about each member of the flock, the good shepherd is willing to risk his own life for the sheep he serves. And in our Lord's case, the good shepherd gives his own life for the sheep he loves. That is us, you and me. Beloved, here is the good news. Regardless how much trouble becomes our way, the good shepherd will never leave our side. He will not desert us in times of trial. Here is God's word of grace for us today. Regardless of how helpless, how helpless, how hapless our lives may seem, the good shepherd will always be at our side. He will never abandon us in time of need for, quote, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired shepherd runs from the wolf while the good shepherd stays to defend the flock. Who is the wolf? Ultimately, the wolf is the devil and all his tools that come to steal life and rob us of our joy. The wolf is the one who would seek to make our lives so focused on ourselves and on, and on our own problems that we miss the abundance that is always present in our Lord and in all places and in every moment. The wolf desires to fill us with fears, worries, and doubts and erodes our faith in our Christian walk. We may think that it is our job to fight the wolf, 
But sheep were never designed or supposed to fight the wolf. Their job is to flee from the wolf and to run to the good shepherd. Jesus is here as our good shepherd. He is here in the sacramental presence. He is here in the gospel, the good news. He is here in the fellowship we share with one another. And he resides in our hearts in the form of the Holy Spirit, knowing us personally and intimately. Sir George Adam Smith tells of being in the Holy Land many years ago in his book. He saw several different flocks of sheep all huddled together at the same watering hole. Quote, they all looked alike to me. It was simply a great mass of white wool. I wondered how the shepherds would ever separate them out. But at the appropriate time, each shepherd gave his own unique call, and in an orderly fashion, the sheep divided and followed their own shepherd." Unquote. Perhaps that is what the good shepherd meant when he said, quote, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Jesus said, my sheep know me. The question for us is, are we attuned to God's special whisper or call? I suppose most of us have seen the painting done in the 1930s of a sitting dog looking down with a cocked head at a phonograph. This image eventually became the logo for the RCA Corporation. The name of this very famous painting is called The Master's Voice. I know that in my life, I have not always recognized my master's voice. I've been too busy, too preoccupied, too self-centered. And sometimes, frankly, I'm afraid to hear his voice, for I know that he will say what I may not want to hear. But I know that it is important for me to hear once again the words of the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. It strikes me as a rather comforting thought that the creator of the universe, the almighty God, our Lord and Savior, knows each of us by name. He knows our situations in life. He knows our worries and cares. He knows our joys and sorrows. Oh, I know there may be those who scoff at this idea. There are those who would question the thought that the God of all creation would also be a personal, loving, caring shepherd. But isn't that what Jesus is telling us this morning? Isn't that what he means when he says, quote, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep follow me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now that is good news. But that is not all. In the final verses of our passage, Jesus shares that in God's flock, there will be other sheep that are not of this fold. He is referring not to the Israelites, but to us, the Gentiles. We must be included. Jesus' desire is to see one body, one genuine unity, in which all his sheep move as one flock, the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, let us be reminded of the ultimate goodness of our good shepherd as reflected in our epistle, quote, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. 
By his wounds we have been healed. For we were like sheep who have gone astray. But now we have returned to the shepherd and guardian or bishop of our souls. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.